0: Hoop, eh. the Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. Oh, 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 oh. The big east. Yeah.
1: The rest of the college hoops the world. The
0: screen. Dunn, twisting his way in.
2: This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a
1: PC
0: grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself. Mike Surratt! Man up in my on the
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Serrat, Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Providence Crier. And with me is the co-host, BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Saturday, December 4th, the Battle of the Ocean State. And, you know, uh, BOC and I, we recorded... um, you know, the preview piece to, to the week itself for the Texas Tech game and URI. But, uh, I don't know, with the rivalry coming up and uh, the big win on Wednesday BOC, we felt like we had to do another episode for the people.
2: Yeah, we got to let the good times roll, right? Uh, what a win on Wednesday night. That's a good Texas Tech team. And, you know, we'll get into the details in a little bit, but they went against URI. We may be looking at a, a ranking by our name come Monday.
1: I know, I know. Matt Norlander of of CBS Sports posted, like he writes, um, it's called Hey 19. It's a power rankings of the hottest teams in college hoops. And PC was at 13, and he said exactly that. Like if PC beats URI on Saturday, they should be ranked at Uh,
2: 8-1. Isn't Norlander, Norlander was the guy that was all about us and was giving us an insane amount of hype, and we just completely let him down, right?
1: Yes, yes, he had us as dark horse to go to the final four. Was it the it might have been the, the, the COVID season, I think.
2: Maybe. No, it, no, I think it was the year beforehand. I don't know. Because really? I remember we significantly let down his expect or maybe it was the COVID year, but I yeah, remember Yeah, because we
1: struggled early.
2: Yeah. So I yeah. think that might have been it. Yeah, exactly. So it's oh,
1: yeah, nice to so see. I mean it- BOC this is one of your bold predictions. It might be coming true. Ranking going into Biggie's play. I mean, if they beat your eye uh, at eight and one, it's going to be hard not to rank them. They'll definitely get votes. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out. And then, I mean, if you take care of business the next two against UVM and uh, Central Connecticut before Biggie's play tips off against UConn, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you enter that game ranked at that point. Like, if we're not going to be ranked Monday, and we win these next three games. I, you would have to imagine they're ranked the following week
2: playing The the roller coaster of emotions. I think uh, we were I, at least I was a little bit skeptical skeptical of us winning against Texas Tech, and we pulled it out. And now, um, you know, we're on, we're on the right path here. It's fantastic. If you looked at our, you know, where we're at now, if you looked at our out of conference schedule, and know what we know about Wisconsin and know about like Northwestern and Texas Tech. Man, that 10 and 1, 9 and 2 prediction, I don't even know if I would make it at this point, but uh, all is well that ends well.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, early on, this did not look good. Uh, and it looked like you might have been right about PC falling short in this one. Um, you know, PC came out super flat, just missed so many shots. Uh, and they found themselves in a 27 to 13 hole and wasn't looking good, but they found a way to cut it down as the second half or first half kind of was coming to a close. And I mean, to get that to a two point game, like I, kind of got that sense. Like early on, it was like a 12 point game. And I tell myself for as bad as we're playing, like how are we only down 12 points?
2: (laughs) I know. I know. Um, And we'll talk about, we'll talk about it. Croswell Croswell without his performance, I think we get blown out of the gym. Yeah. Um, he, because a lot of his boards were on offensive rebounds and putbacks. Uh, he wasn't that great from the foul line, which is fine. That's expected, unfortunately, but it is what it is. But a lot of his putbacks were off of bad misses or just misses in general. And he helped carry the team when we needed somebody to step up. Like he put up 11.6 rebounds, but his presence felt it was much more impactful than the stat sheet says. I'll say that, and I think Cooley would agree with that, given that he said this is one of the best games Croswell's ever played in a Friar uniform.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he actually in the, in the postgame presser said it was uh, Crosswell was the MVP of the game, and it's kind of hard to argue, given you know what they were going through in that first half, and you put him in, and you, he goes five for five from the floor, and he had, he had that insane like. Nifty layup. I don't know how that went in, and that got him going, I think. And then from there, he
2: just took off. Was that the one where he took it from the three point line essentially? Yes. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, nobody looks at him and is like, okay, this guy might be a threat to attack the rim. So, like, he did a pump fake for a pass and was like, uh, there's nobody within six feet of me. And he just kept going, and it worked perfectly. So, good for him. And like, he said, he even said, like, mentally, he was struggling a little bit, and this is going to be a boost for his confidence. And hey, if we can get a, um, we can get Croswell starting to play like that, even a you know, 85, 90% of that, we're gonna be a very dangerous team. And it shows we'll have a deeper bench than even I anticipated on the front court.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about it, the front court of Watson and And then with Croswell coming off the bench, I mean, we didn't love the depth there just because you know, if Watson gets in the foul trouble, you bring in Ed, and you know, the way Ed had been playing, you know, that would be You know, it would not look good for PC. However, like you said, if he can do something like this, and it doesn't have to be crazy, just like give me like six points, you know, like six rebounds. That's all we need from from Ed.
2: That's literally all we need, and he. But like he did, he really carried us in the first half.
1: Yeah. Um, So yeah. So PC, you know, they go on a bit of a run to to close it out. And by halftime, they're only staring at uh, a two-point deficit. I think another element of this game was I thought Cooley really outclassed Mark Adams in terms of coaching. Uh, he went zone, and, and Texas Tech had no idea what to do.
2: Well, I think – I agree with you completely, by the way. I think traditionally you play man uh, when you think you have the athletic advantage and you can stick with them. He, I think he quickly realized that we couldn't be on ball defenders against Texas tech. They have a plethora of athletes and they just know how to attack the rim, uh, especially Shannon. He's, he's going to be a pro for sure. Um, so switching to the zone, it's like, okay, beat us from deep. And besides uh, O'Banner had a few corner threes, which were really nice. He has a nice stroke. It worked. It was really effective. Um, so it was a great in-game switch by Cooley and me personally, I've been like t- tough on him with in-game switches. Like, you got to give credit where it's due. A fantastic switch, and it was the reason why we even came back and and uh, won the game.
1: Yeah, for sure. Right, like the zone really stifled Texas Tech. I mean, if you think about it, like, like we said, they're up twenty-seven thirteen in the first half. At halftime, it's twenty-eight thirty. So, yeah. I mean, massive run by, by PC to get close, and then. Second half, you know, they started figuring out the zone a little bit, and then we went back to man, and then we went back to zone again. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good job by Cooley and staff um, getting the guys ready, keeping them relaxed. Um, you know, t- I feel like a typical fire team would just have panic at that point, down 27-13, and really not figure it out. Um but I got no sense that the team was, like, nerv- nervous about their, the situation that they were in, and they just went out, were aggressive on offense, and, and got the win. It was awesome.
2: Dude, Dude, we talked about this after the Virginia game. We wrote about it in, our, you know, the recap of the uh, Virginia game, and the score doesn't indicate it, but this team doesn't quit. Um, they could have easily packed it in. They could have packed it in against Texas Tech. They could have packed it in against Virginia. They clawed back to five or six points against Virginia and, you know, were a couple easy buckets away from really being a threat being two or three points away. Um, and there was no, I mean, there was urgency against Texas tech, but there wasn't any anxiety on the court. There wasn't any um, pressing. They just kept doing what they were doing. They switched to a defensive set and it made all the difference. So I really do think like from years past, this team is just a little bit different. I like their fighter mentality. They, uh, you know, they don't mind being backed into a corner because they'll fight their way out of it. And it's, that's really enjoyable to watch as a fan.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I think another big takeaway would have to be, you know, Horkler and Watson don't do much in this game. They combined for 11.7 rebounds. There was the other guys that stepped up and stepped up big. Al Durham, 23 points. He gets the line 13 times, 13 mm-hmm. attempts. He went 12 to 13 from, from free throw. So that was massive. Um, A.J. Reeves, a good game as well. 14 points, eight boards out of him, which is nice. Uh, He goes three of seven from deep. Um, So good game there. Mania, I thought they subbed him in too when when we got down big early and he had a nice steal and breakaway dunk. Um, So I thought he brought his typical energy. He finishes with six points, three rebounds, two assists. Breed, who got the start, he was a little up and down, finishes with seven points though um no assists out of him which is kind of tough but yeah. I mean I think we we understand breed's not a pure point but with the absence of of, uh, of Bynum you would have hoped a little bit better I mean even from Durham he only had two assists so like as a team PC only gets uh seven assists on the seven, game. Seven
2: seven total but, yeah
1: but Texas Tech had seven and that was it. I'm- like, you look at the, the, the stats for the game, you know, they tie in assist. PC has a plus one advantage on, on the glass. They were even on offensive rebounds, 13-13. And Texas Tech, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country, and you saw that early. Um, you know, it, and then it, it was a, a bit of a rock fight, but um, PC just found a way and can't be understated. Yeah. So just another massive win.
2: I think what we were concerned about, especially after the Virginia game, was, like, if Watson has an off game, do we just fold and we're not going to win? Like, is our success or losses directly correlated to Watson's success? And if you were to tell me, I think you would ask 99% of PC fans, if you said, okay, Horkler and Watson have 11 points, like, how do we do? I think every single person would say, okay, we got our doors blown off and we lost by 30 yeah, um, And this is why it's such an important win because mentally it tells Watson specifically, but also Horkler, because Horkler has been a really focal point on offense, but Watson specifically, and it seems like he gets this, is I don't need to carry the team for us to have success. And I think maybe, you know, last year there may have been a player or two who felt that way and there was pressure on him for that, but um, Watson gets that he has a team around him and He doesn't need to put up 20 and, you know, he can, he can distribute, which he did a couple of times, which was really nice, and uh, work in other ways. So that's going, it's going to do wonders for us in games moving forward because if Watson starts slow, they're going to look back at this Texas Tech game and say, okay, we beat a good Texas Tech team with Watson really not being a factor on the offensive end. We're good. Let's move, let's move on.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, just massive. He, He said that in the, in, uh, I don't know if he was in the post game presser, but he said, "Like, listen, like I, I I do have a team around me, and these guys are ballers. So pick your poison." <laughs> and that's what happened. Uh,
2: it's, it's nice when it's nice when players uh, trust their teammates.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so PC gets the massive win as we said. Now at seven and one on the year, um, I guess just one or two more things to close out uh, this Texas Tech recap. The crowd was awesome you kind of had a feeling, uh, with the eight thirty tip. Listen, I love the dunk. I love that. It's a family atmosphere. I really do. But when it's eight thirty tip and the kids are in bed and the adults are out, that's, that's the best dunk crowd. I'm sorry.
2: I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it was, uh, I'm sure it was a very interesting and very uh, energetic crowd. It seemed like the student section was going live and, uh, You could just hear it. I love that the announcers, by the way, they they didn't understand the Chick-fil-A promo. And there was one point where the announcers were like, after the second free throw missed by Texas Tech, they were like, this place is going nuts. I don't understand it. I don't know why they're going so crazy. And like, if you follow PC, you get the the promo. um, where if you miss two free throws, you get, I guess, a Chick-fil-A sandwich. But the announcers obviously didn't know that. Why would they? And it was just hysterical knowing that and then seeing them be like, why the heck are they going so nuts? It was pretty funny.
1: Well, here's what I'm proud of, that the missed chicken shot was not the loudest the dunk got that night. I thought uh, the offensive foul, the place erupted. Um, yeah, it was a really good crowd. Like, it wasn't sold out either. There were plenty of empty seats. But one for one, the students were unreal. Honestly, might be the best student crowd that I had seen maybe since my freshman year uh, when we played Pitt or Syracuse. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they had both student sections filled, um, the main one and then the one on the other side of the court. Uh, the students were awesome. They, they, had, they really bought into this country uh, uh, theme that they had going on there. Everyone was in flannels and cowboy hats. Uh, and they were great. They, and Cooley even credited the crowd, uh, willing the team to have a few buckets that he thinks that without a crowd they probably miss. Uh, so huge Huge props to the crowd. It was an electric atmosphere. I'm sure URI PC on Saturday will also be electric. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's Texas Tech for you. We're going to take a quick break here before we preview the Battle of the Ocean State PC URI Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, we will get you that right after a quick word from our sponsors, Anchor. All right. Welcome back to the Providence Crier podcast. Okay, BFC. It's finally come after it getting postponed last year and all the URI fans saying that PC was ducking them. Well, guess what? Now's your chance Saturday, put up or shut up Uh, 2 PM on CBS sports PC at URI or excuse me, URI at PC Uh, massive game. The rivalry is back. I'm pretty jacked up for this BLC. How are you? I I know, I know in previous pocket in previous seasons on the pod, You've always been like, eh, I don't care about Uri.
2: I I mean, I really I personally don't. Um to me, it's just I mean, it's exciting. I think it's better now that we have like we have fans and everything. And it's been like a year since we've had fans. Um, so that'll be exciting from like the entertainment perspective. Uh, I care about this one a little bit more because we're doing so well.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: it'd be a it'd be a blemish if if we were to lose and I don't mean that in a disparaging way to URI and their fans, but it wouldn't look, it wouldn't be a good boss. Um, so I, I care about the game because I think it can help us one, potentially propel into the top 25 and it's going to help us continue to build the resume. So in that regards, I'm excited. Um, you know, I didn't grow up in Rhode Island, so I, I, it's not too big of a deal to me, but uh, it'll be, a, it'll be an exciting and electric environment, which I think any basketball fan can appreciate.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm, I plan on getting to Trinity at 1130 noon, I think. Uh, Get, get, get a mug, uh, get some food, get ready to go.
2: Can you, Uh, um, can you tell, can you tell the audience how late you're at Trinity uh, Wednesday night?
1: At, oh, at Trinity, yes. Uh, So, you know, after the game, I was staying at at our buddy Joe's who lives in Providence. Uh, He's one of the section 234 members uh and so our other buddies who are in boston they decided to give it a go to leave because you know the game ended at like 11 p.m Yeah, Uh, yeah pretty late one so they hit the road but but joe and i we decided to go to trinity and once again we uh ran into some crier fans uh so it was great to see um really had a good time talking with those guys uh If you're at the game, you follow along with the crier, feel free to say hello. I'm pretty noticeable, uh, four feet tall with a walker. You kind of can't mistake me for anyone else. So certainly if you see me at the game, (laughs) you're right. Say hello. Love to talk to you all. Um, But yeah, that was great. Uh, Exchanging stories. So these guys were, I think, a few like – maybe four or five years younger than me. Okay. and It was just pretty funny uh, hearing their stories of PC and making trips to MSG for the tournaments and stuff like that. Um, nice. Yeah. It, it was a good time. It's a good time.
2: So ending, and you know, the, the, the tough thing with these home games, especially when they started eight is it's not like it's an 8 PM on a Friday where you can sleep in the next day. Like you have work the next day and, uh, you know, if you're out until 1231, it makes for a really quick turnaround time.
1: Oh, it sure does. Because I woke up uh, at Joe's at 7 a.m. And I was like, I got to get, get back home. My uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. job starts soon. Uh, so that was a pretty. I would say it was a brutal drive home, except for the fact there was zero traffic. And I was so jacked up about the wind still. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was fired up. Made the drive a lot easier. But yeah, no, for sure. Late night crowd on a Wednesday It's kind of tough to do anything after. There weren't many people at Trinity, but, but we were there. Um, that's good. But, yeah, so I'll have boots on the ground again. BOC, unfortunately, is on doggy duty, so he can't make the trip like he had planned. But that's okay. I feel like, you know, let's keep it the same here between the Texas Tech game. You know, we got the win. Uh, I went to the game. You did not. But obviously from Jersey, that, that'd be a real impossibility uh, on a Wednesday night. But uh yeah, let's just keep it the same and hopefully the same result happens at W. Yeah,
2: let's let's hope so. I um shame I can't make it, but uh responsibilities call. So I'll I'll absolutely be watching and I'll uh I'll take I'll be on the uh, lookout for crier storming the court if uh Providence wins.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure I'll get several texts from you and uh the guys in the PC hoops text group that we got. Yeah. Uh, So what's, so what are, what are the keys to the game? Yeah. So, you know, on, on the pod where we had Jake Zimmer on, we kind of briefly talked about the game. Um, Like I said, and and I'll stand by it. I think this URI team is a very, maybe not very, but a poor man's version of this PC team. They're built from their front court with uh, the Mitchell twins who obviously this, I think, is a big game for them and a big game for the the narrative where the Mitchell Twins left Maryland um, looking for a new home. PC, apparently the story is they just wanted one of them and not both, and so they weren't having that. They end up picking URI. Two very talented players. Um, You know, uh, one of the, I, I believe, I always confuse their names, but I think Mackay the. Let's see. Uh, McKell is is the better Mitchell, and Mackay is not as good. But they're both having really good seasons. Um, McKell eleven point three points per game, five and a half boards. Uh, and three,
2: over three blocks a game. That is crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, three point three blocks per game. That um, is
2: that is crazy.
1: Yep, you're right
2: on average getting 7 blocks a game so i had to i had to triple and quadruple check that stat 7 <laughs> blocks a game is absurd like not that we're like a, a really bouncy athletic team but we average i think it was 4.6 blocks so that's like almost that's a 3 block difference that's that is crazy um maybe i'm showing my ignorance here but i would have to think a little over 7 blocks a game is somewhere close to the top in the country. So yeah, for sure. Protect the rim. Um,
1: So, I mean, if you look at their, they're not a total, uh, they're not a very deep team. Um, Jeremy Shepard is kind of the lead dog in terms of guards. Um, Ishmael El-Amin, the son of Khalid, I believe his name is, the guy that played for UConn. Yep. Uh, so doesn't that,
2: doesn't that make you feel old?
1: Yeah, sure does. Yeah. Uh,
2: So, wait, I have a a question for you, Um, and you know this team better than I do. You say they're not a deep team. I would politely push back on that because I'm looking at, you know, I'm just looking at stats. They have eight guys who are averaging over eight points a game. So So they're
1: a balanced team, but they're literally – is it eight? I thought they have like a – well, I think they're only like an eight-man rotation. I think that's literally it.
2: Seven guys guys over eight points game, my apologies. Okay, so So, so literally
1: it's the starting five and then it's Antoine Walker, uh, not to get confused with the NBA player, former Celtic, uh, went broke a few times, uh, got the shimmy going on. Uh, And then Malik Martin, who is the brother of Hassan Martin, if you remember him from the Uri days, the big power forward, Uh, his brother's a guard. So it'll be interesting. URI has zero players that have ever played in this game, which is pretty wild if you think about and
2: it. And how many? How many does? How many does Providence have? I think they only have two or three. Two, right? two. So it's, who's it's that? Just, it's Reeves, Reeves, and Watson. And you got to include uh, our boy Fonts.
1: Oh yeah, true. Fine, there
2: three. Yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah, it will be interesting to see how URI responds to the environment. I do think some of their guys are playing with a chip on their shoulder for this game. Uh, The Mitchells especially. Uh, I think Martin also wants to get the win. Um, So, you know, they're a well-balanced team. They're a solid team. Um, They really haven't beaten anyone of major consequence. They did sweep BC. Um, So those are good wins clearly. But other than that, I mean, Georgia, Georgia state, they went to Harvard on Wednesday and won at Harvard, which I'm going to say I'm pretty impressed by just because those, their guys were talking about the PC URI game last weekend, like when they finished the game against like yeah. uh, Georgia state, these guys were talking about that, So I was like, Oh, they're definitely going to overlook this Harvard game. So yeah. good on them for not uh, hopefully that can just help our resume even more.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. They um, I was also looking. So what we need to do is we need to defend the three point line uh, shooting 39% from from three. So, you know, I think this is, might be one where we play more man defense, not zone, because they can shoot us out of the zone. Um, I think we have the athletes compared to them. I think a big thing is, like you mentioned, you know, there's only, I guess, you know, two players on our end who get regular minutes and then zero on their end who have played in this rivalry. It's going to be a little bit, I think both sides will be a little bit uh, shell-shocked by the energy. Um, so we, it might be a slow start to the game. Um, the Mitchells, you know, they're known for their blocking prowess, pump fakes, pump fakes, pump fakes, get them in the air, get them in foul trouble. Get both those guys in foul trouble, that changes the entire dynamics of the game. Um, Watson, you know, Watson should hold his own, but he needs to control his emotions, too, because there's a lot of comp- there's a lot of back and forth there, controls emotions. So I think if they could defend three well, they, uh, they guard well, don't foul them a lot, they shoot 72 percent from the line. And get the Mitchells in foul trouble. I like where they. I like their chances.
1: Yeah, so that's a big thing that you mentioned there. Mitchells in foul trouble. These guys hack a lot, a lot. Uh, I mean, I haven't looked at the exact numbers, but I remember from last year um, they were constantly in foul trouble. Uh, you look at the game against Georgia State the other day; they each had three. Um, so I, I do think establishing nate in the post early on this one uh and and have him go to work in the post because he should be able to for the most part have a really good day against these guys i think
2: yeah and i agree
1: um and then you know one thing i do worry about um would have to be you know with with their guards being quick and active on defense and stuff like that forcing turnovers with our situation with no Bynum, that scares me a little bit because yeah. I mean you saw you saw in the Texas tech game how us getting into legit offense was a struggle for most of that game sure um so you know th- that does concern me a little bit but like I said when I- when I'm going to predict this game, I'm going to predict a big victory by PC. But we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but I love it. I love the, the Mitchell twins' mother I know. and, and uh, Nate's dad. I've been going back and forth all week. Uh, Mama Mitchell seemed to block a bunch of PC people. She didn't block me, so, so that's good. There's uh, still time. There's still time. Yes, there's certainly still time. Uh, for that to happen um, I, I saw uh, Nate Watson's dad posted on Twitter a photo of all three of them when they play for DC Premier, and he was like you know we're all like we're brothers but but on Saturday my son's here to destroy you
2: <laughs> I loved it I was dying <laughs> it's, uh, it's more than a game for them there might, there might. Oh, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, but there might be some fists thrown. It's, it's an all out battle.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Maria Mitchell tweeted that like, oh, if they think their front court is gonna go against stars, they got a big. Like, they're mistaken like big time. It's like,
2: okay. but like, we, we good. We shouldn't get too cocky though, because if you remember, recruiting rankings aren't everything. But they were both at Maryland. They're both like blue chip recruits. I think. I think they would honestly still be there um, if it wasn't about playing, like immediate playing time and like paying their dues, so to speak. So they're immensely talented in their own right. And I think, you know, just because they play for URI, which doesn't have the brand recognition as Providence, like don't overlook them because both of them can wreck a game. So Watson, I think in my opinion is a better player, but he needs to be, he needs to be on top of his game. Because both of the, both the twins are very, very, very good players.
1: I mean, but my thing is, do, does Mother Mitchell realize the talent of Noah Horkler? Uh, I don't think so. I think she's discrediting him big time.
2: <laughs> well, maybe she watched Maybe she watched the Texas Tech game, and that's why she's saying oh, yeah. that. Yeah,
1: probably. Uh, but, um, yeah, should be an awesome atmosphere. I'm actually going to an engagement party after the game. So I'm going down to Connecticut with some of the 234 guys. So that's going to be interesting, uh, to say yes. the least. Uh, but should be an awesome time. I'm super s- stoked to be there. Um, You know, let's, let's hope for a, a big win. Now, BOC we'll, we'll probably get an article out too Yep. Uh, for some folks. You know, we really wanted to record this part because obviously after the big win, we couldn't, we had some scheduling conflicts on, on Thursday and I got my booster on, on Thursday as well. And I yeah. kicked my ass, uh, so I was out of commission this morning. So we apologize. We wish we could have had this episode a little earlier for you. But we figure, hey, you know, what better show to put on while you're going to the PC URI game than, than the Providence Podcasts. podcast? You know?
2: F- fire it up on Spotify on the drive, I guess, up or down, uh, or east or west. I don't know, whatever, wherever the hell you're coming from. Fire it up, take a listen, and get, uh, get excited about the game because this is uh, it is an exciting rivalry game.
1: For sure. All right, so as we close out here, any uh, any stories that caught your mind in in CBB or the college athletic world this past couple of weeks, or this uh, past watch, week, I say?
2: watching Kansas St. John's. Kansas Kansas jumped out early. They will, St. John's is hanging around though. St. John's is going to be a good team. They just they're, they just keep running and running and running. So you got to be where you got to be weary not to get in a track meet with them. Um, trying to think, what uh, anything else jump out? Uh, uh, nothing. Else, well, nothing UConn
1: else? announced.
2: Oh yes, you, they, UConn yeah, news.
1: yeah, so UConn's going up through a little bit of the injury bug. Uh, um, Sinogo, the sophomore big, that's that's really breaking out this year. He has an abdominal issue, um, and then. Martin, the former URI player, uh, their guard, Tyrese Martin, he also hurt his wrist against Auburn and played through it, and I guess that was probably a bad idea. Uh, so he's going to be on the shelf for two to four weeks as well. Um, and with the snow-go thing, uh, Hurley said, you know, it will be two weeks or a little longer or a little longer than that. So he doesn't seem too optimistic about either the guys. He sounded pretty depressed, to be honest with you. You know how that guy just loves to wear his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah. But uh he seemed pretty bummed. One quote from him that, that gave me a laugh. He was like, Yeah, a lot of guys are complaining about, about playing time. Well, here you go. <laughs> yeah. He
2: yeah. yeah, he does he doesn't beat around the bush. But um, you know, first off, not to sound corny or cliche, but I hope everything's okay. Uh, because that guy is coming on strong this in his sophomore year. Uh, so he's going to be a beast for probably only the next two years. He'll probably end up leaving after his junior year to go to the league or something. Um, so I hope he's okay. Uh, so I guess we'll have to wait for the matchup. Uh, unless, unless you know, I don't. I doubt, I doubt Hurley's playing Coy. So it doesn't seem like they'll be playing. Watson and Snow will be playing each other at UConn. So we're going to have to see that matchup. That matchup is going to be fantastic. We're going to see that matchup when they come up to Providence. So that'll be a really good one to watch. Hope he's okay. I think that team is deep enough where they can withstand the loss. But hopefully it's not – hopefully it is like a two- or three-week thing and it doesn't extend into a month or two-month thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's – you know, PC UConn at UConn is exactly two weeks away. So I think – it seems to be trending that those guys will not be playing. And I don't know, like we think this is, we think this PC team's a special team. We think, you know, they're on track now to have a special season. You got to kind of get lucky in CBB and, you know, no Johnny Davis for, for Wisconsin. Uh, you get that win. And now, you know, the Yukon game, if they're without Sonogo and Martin, I think I like PC's chances a lot better. So:
2: Yeah I, hey, I, I did not say it. you said it, but I, I do not disagree. I do not yeah. disagree. All
1: right, anything else, BOC? Oh wait, we got to do predictions
0: for the game. Yep.:
2: Yep, Yes, we do. And I will say it. I won't let Mike bask in his own glory. Mike's been spot on with his predictions recently, so you can ignore mine, or you can listen to them. if you want to bet against them, that's fine. Um, Mike's been spot on, so we're going to hold his feet to the fire here with this prediction.
1: Yeah, um I have a feeling it's gonna come crashing down. I, I think I think this is getting to my head a little bit. Uh I, I don't know. I'm just gonna say I thought it was pretty impressive to be within four points on numerous occasions this year. Uh I I don't know. I, I think you know the crier prophecy in 2012, it, it got robbed from us. So um or not 2012, Jesus, 2020 got robbed from us from COVID. Uh and you know what? I don't know. Maybe my prophetic abilities are back, BLC.
2: But yeah, I, we'll here, here we go.
1: Well, I'm going to ruin it for myself. I got uh, I uh, PC84 URI63. Oh. I told you. I, I said it's going to be 20-plus point victory for the Friars, and I'm sticking with it. All
2: right. <laughs> I'm um, laughing at that, but I also was laughing at you when you picked the Virginia score. So <laughs> uh, I will do—I forget what I said in the Texas Tech pod. Uh, I'll do Providence. We'll go S- Providence seventy-nine, URI seventy-three.
1: All right, you heard it here first. All right, so that wraps up another episode of the Providence Cryer podcast. Um, follow again, once again, you want to follow us on Twitter at Providence Crier. Um, for BOC, at BOC all day Follow along with our blog TheProvinceCryer.com, we'll have some stuff up uh, To preview the game In a post-game recap as well um, A lot of momentum here, we gotta keep it rolling BOC
2: Oh yeah, we're uh, we're rocking and rolling here And thanks to everybody for reading and listening We appreciate it Alright, have a good one y'all See you guys Go. Man up
0: in my city I'm Latruvia yeah. David Duke when I'm over, I might go to Heard they sleeping on me Well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, Quit like A.J. Reeves When I'm off that pick and roll, Fall down, bounce back like M.I.H.O Ay, I'm the alpha dog, Diallo they was sleeping on me, that's what made me, made me a savage. And he seen me bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. At this year we taking over March Madness Man, up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh. Crossover, I might throw the LU. But they sleeping on me while well, I take them back to school. Man, up in my city, I'm the truth.